Welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and Ryan. Three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all time and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. We'd like to welcome Ryan as a special guest of the Rocktail Hour. Thanks. And we would also like to say that we will sorely miss Michael, whose day job interfered with uh, our hobby. But he will always be with us. The, the bumper music that you hear at the beginning and at the end was written and performed by Michael. So his effects will always be felt by us at uh, Rocktail Hour, and he will sorely be missed. He's a good buddy, and Ryan's a good buddy, and we're glad to have him as well. So yeah, Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. Yes, fun. Today's Rocktail Hour is brought to you by utelconcerts.com which is dedicated to spreading the love of live music. Check out utelconcerts.com where you can read and submit concert reviews, enter contests for free tickets, view concert photos, and see an extensive calendar of upcoming shows in the L.A. area. utelconcerts.com, because when you tell concerts, it's cooler. In today's Rocktail Hour, Tim is going to tell us the story behind Imagine by John Lennon. Thanks, Treg. Uh, I'm really excited to do a podcast about Imagine. This is one of rock and roll's most recognized songs. I think everybody is familiar with it, and I think that the appeal of this song is the fact that it spans uh, beyond the normal demographics of rock and roll. I think uh, people who would generally be kind of turned off by classic rock still really appreciate this song, and not just have an appreciation for it, but really enjoy it. When we talk about telling the stories behind some of the greatest rock and roll songs of all time, Imagine truly is one of the greatest rock and roll songs of all time. In fact, it's number three on the Rolling Stones' top 500 songs of all time. And that's not just rock and roll songs, that's songs of all time. So there's some interesting songs on that list, and it'd be interesting. I think a lot of people would uh, be surprised if they went out and took a, list at, uh, took a look at, at the songs that are on that list. I'm surprised a little bit by the songs that come before it. It's it's very high on the list, number three. Number one is Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. And we've talked about this before in, in previous podcasts. I'm not a real Bob Dylan fan. I respect his music, um, but it's not something that I would probably go out and, and buy a bunch of Bob Dylan music and then listen to it. No, so I I'm like a little surprised. Stuff. Yeah, Well, you yeah. know, I don't dislike it, but, you know. Um, I can't understand him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The next one I don't necessarily disagree with. This is certainly one of the greatest rock and roll songs of all time. Number two, you know, I I don't know. Uh, I Can't Get No Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. That's a great song, and I'm not going to argue at all that that's not a great song. I love that song. Um, I guess we're going to have to do two podcasts on those two at some point. Yeah. Is it better than Imagine? Uh, it, in my opinion, no, it's not. But it certainly deserves to be way up on that list. I have a theory. Okay. Number one, like a Rolling Stone. Number two, uh, by the Rolling Stones. Uh, you're right. I think you're right. Maybe that's something. There, there you go. They're playing to, uh, you know. Uh-huh. The name of the of the uh, well, then how come uh, "Rolling Like a River" by Creedence Clearwater Revival isn't number three? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or I guess they didn't originally do that, wasn't that Ike and Tina Turner? I don't know. No, Ike and Tina Turner covered the covered there you go. Yeah, okay, CCR, yeah. all right. Um, imagine the song was written uh, all in one morning by John Lennon uh, at his estate in Tittenhurst in England. 
And Yoko Ono says that um, the idea of all one country, one world, one people was something that John intrinsically believed in. It was a message that he really wanted to get out. Now, Lennon himself admits that the idea behind Imagine, which is an absolute equality uh, created by the absence of government and borders and organized religion and economic status, was quite virtually the communist manifesto. He believes he got away with being able to, to put this message in a song uh, because the, the lyrics were accompanied um, by a, a very appealing melody. And, and I would agree with that to some extent. Um, now It's kind of like Foster the People, right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Great message, great dance hook. Um, <laughs> but, but fitting the music to, to, to the message, yeah, softens exactly. the message. It, yeah. it does. That's true. Um, now, I was surprised because I didn't become familiar with this song, at least if I have the chronology right, until about 1980, early 80s, maybe late 70s. But this song was written in 1971. So the idea of putting the Communist Manifesto, if you will, which I think is a little harsh. I don't necessarily agree with that. But this is what John Lennon said. And I believe that the idea of putting you know, that message into a song in 1971 would have made it very hard for the public to receive it. You know, there would have yeah. been a great outcry. So maybe toning down the message with the, the beautiful melody uh, probably did help. Now, I don't agree uh, necessarily that um, the way Lennon describes it is he, he kind of thought it was a, I don't think he thought it was a negative message, but he thought it would be received negatively. And, and maybe during the time period, it, it could have been. But I think that the thought process and the idea behind the song is one that most people, I don't know that they would necessarily agree with it, but they would hope for um, the realization of such a message. I think people have been stuck, uh, got a little caught up in the fact that uh, imagine there's no heaven, no religion to. Uh, I think people have seen this as an anti-religion song. Well, I think that probably John Lennon had some anti-organized religion feelings. Um, yeah, he was a spiritual guy, wasn't he? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. and he, you know, he was very um, committed to the idea that we were all one brotherhood. And I think that's really the message that we're, that he was trying to, to get out. Not, you know, some kind of a Marxist or, or uh, uh, communistic message, but more the idea of, of peace through the idea that we're, that we share the same biology, essentially. And, um, you know, I'm not somebody that pays attention to lyrics a lot. In fact, I've gotten into a little bit of trouble, you know, listening to songs that I thought were great, and then found out later on, maybe the lyrics weren't very appealing. And in fact, when we've done podcasts in the past, and we've read through the lyrics. I've been surprised by the lyrics because it's a song that I've heard 100,000 times, but I just I don't pay attention to lyrics. Now, I like this song because of the lyrics, and of course it is a beautiful song. And um, again, it crosses over a lot of different lines uh, that rock and roll doesn't usually cross. You know, again, I've seen children perform this song. In fact, weren't, Ryan was telling us before we did this podcast that one his, one, his yeah, daughter... Yeah, yeah, yeah. My daughter in her fourth grade talent show performed this song with her best friend at the time in front of the whole, you know, the whole school. And, um, you know, going back to that lyric of, um, how's it go again? No religion. Yeah, and no yeah. religion too. I, I remember I was just, I felt just a little uh, scared of how people might react to that. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it's such a beautiful song. And, and you know what? I don't think anyone even thought about it. No. Because, you know, just that one portion, you take that, that's just a small portion of the whole song in general. Yeah. yeah. 
I think overwhelmingly people accept this song for what it is, and, and they don't get too caught up. I have heard some people th- say that they think it's an anti-religion song, and while I believe that, that, again, as we've said, John Lennon was probably anti-organized religion, and, and I think that's understandable to an extent, and when you look at some of the horrible things that have, that have occurred in the name of organized religion, um, it, it's very easy if you don't have um, experience in organized religion to kind of view that in a negative way. Um, I don't fault him for that because the idea that we're, you know, one humanity, we're, we're a brotherhood under one sky, that we shouldn't be constrained by borders or philosophy or, or anything else, that we should just simply get along because we, we all are the same, I think is a universal message that appeals to everyone. And although it may be a little utopian, it's something that we can certainly always hope for. And so I find uh, this song very, very life-affirming and, and, and a very positive message. So I don't get too caught up in, in interpreting some of the lyrics. Um, according to John Lennon, the song was inspired by a poem entitled uh, Cloud Peace by his wife, Yoko Ono. Uh, the poem was included in a book that she wrote called Grapefruit uh, in 1964. And the book contained several poems that began asking readers to imagine something like Imagine the Sky is Crying, uh, or imagine you're a, a cloud, for hmm. example. You know, very sort of '60s counterculture messages. You know, you know, yeah. you imagine people naming their kids River and Leaf and Moon Unit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, John Lennon and Yoko Ono's story is is a true love story in the literal sense. They loved each other. They didn't. You know, their marriage wasn't perfect. They had their hard times, but they truly loved each other. And <laughs> And I know that I like to, to malign Yoko Ono just a little bit because she's, she's such an odd person. But truly, John Lennon was in love with her. But if you read some of these poems um, from Grapefruit, it is really hard to see how, <laughs> how you get from there into this beautiful life-affirming song. But let me, let me read you some of those poems. The first one, Cloud Peace, uh, is, uh, starts out by saying, Imagine the clouds dripping. Dig a hole in your garden to put them in. And that's all wow. one poem. Now, beautiful. Yeah. In <laughs> fairness, um, I think that the, the original book was written in Japanese. And so speaking Japanese myself, I will tell you that there are really deep uh, poems in Japanese that lose a lot in mm-hmm. English translation. So although we are a little bit mocking, it is possible that the English translations left a little bit to be desired. Uh, The next one is, um, here's a full poem. Let people copy or photograph your paintings. Destroy the originals. (laughs) (laughs) Did she actually release this book? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, this is a published book in 1964. Uh, This one, um, Snow Peace. Think that snow is falling. Think that snow is falling. Everywhere, all the time. When you talk with a person, think that snow is falling between you and on the person. Stop conversing when you think the person is covered by snow. Oh, my. <laughs> and here's another one that starts out with Imagine. Uh, this one is entitled Tuna Fish Sandwich Piece. <laughs> Imagine 1,000 suns in the sky at the same time. Let them shine for one hour. Let them gradually melt into the sky. Make one tuna fish sandwich and eat. <laughs> so. Wow. Nice. Makes me a little hungry, but... Yeah. Um. Uh, all joking aside, there was a real love story between those two, and 
you know, the, the story goes that they met because John Lennon went to an art show where her work was being exhibited. And she was kind of an artist, an avant-garde artist, um, you know, sort of that stereotypical artist in the 60s that did, you know, sort of things that, you know, you kind of laugh about now, but they seemed so serious, uh, especially, again, in the counterculture of the time. Uh, but uh, he he went to this uh, art show, and there was a ladder in the middle of the room, and he could see a sign at the top uh, of the ladder uh, on the ceiling. So he climbs up uh, to the top of the ladder, and he looks up at this sign on the ceiling, and it's just one word. It says, yes. And uh, I'm paraphrasing, but John Lennon said something along the lines of, I found that so life-affirming and so positive that I had to meet the artist. It could have said anything else. It could have been any other kind of a... Of a, of a positive message, but the fact that it was yes, and, and it seemed to, to be so uh, positive and, and so uh, open uh, to possibility that he really wanted to meet the artist. Of course, then, you know, he did, and, and, and the rest is history. So all wow. joking about Yoko Ono aside, she was, she loved John Lennon, and, and she continues, you know, to, to be very loyal to John Lennon. And in fact, she manages his portfolio of music, and particularly, you know, this song. Um, people will request quite often have the rights to record this song, but only if, if they can change, you know, some of the lyrics. Um, and, and probably most often, you know, the, the reference to religion, because, right. because people don't want to uh, offend the listeners. But she absolutely refuses to let anybody sing this song unless they, they sing it the way that it was written. Uh, with one exception, uh, Neil Young, uh, when he uh, did a tribute to the 9-11 victims, he sang, instead of saying, imagine no possessions, I wonder if we can, he sang, I wonder if I can. And many uh-huh. people felt that that was a way for him to be able to reconcile the fact that he's very wealthy and, and, uh-huh. and is a man of means and has much more uh, than the average person right. would. And, and so, you know, very appropriate in, in the context of him singing that song, you know, or any really famous person for that matter. Yeah. So it's not because Neil Young's really old and just forgot the lyrics? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a possibility, too. Um, let's not rule that out. Again, one of the great songs uh, of all time. Imagine peaked at number three in the U.S. Uh, it hit number one in Canada and Australia. But interestingly enough, it only hit number six in the UK, and it wasn't until after John Lennon's death in 1980 uh, that in the in the few weeks after um, he was murdered that it hit number one in the UK, and that was a, a again a tribute to to John Lennon. Uh, it was awarded the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1999, uh, and here's something that I truly believe that John Lennon. I think this would have appealed to John Lennon's sense of uh, irony or or just his, his way that he viewed the world. But the slogan of the Liverpool airport, Liverpool being John Lennon's hometown, is above us only sky. And Classic. how appropriate. That, that's yeah. great. That's what a awesome. tribute, you know, and, and I think that that would really have appealed to John Lennon. That's really all I have about the song. Um, I wanted to give you an idea of uh, what the rest of the top 10 list were on Rolling Stone's 500 uh, Greatest Songs of All Times, just so that you could get some kind of context of what number three means. Uh, Number four was What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. 
And I have huh. to admit, I, huh. I don't know this song. Oh, it's a good song. Yeah. yeah. I know it. I don't, I don't know if it's number four, but yeah. Yeah. it's a good song. This one surprises me. Motown. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And this one surprises me, Respect. Aretha Franklin's version of Respect. Ryan will be interested with this one because he's going to do a podcast on this one here fairly soon. But number six is Good Vibrations yeah. by the Beach Boys. Oh, that surprises song. me. Love that song. Um, a little bit. Really? Yeah. Well, when I do the podcast about then that we'll one, know. I'll tell you why it All deserves right. to be there. <laughs> cool. All right. I Here's one that I truly agree with. When you talk about classic, groundbreaking, iconic rock and roll songs, Johnny Be Good has yes, to be on the list. Absolutely. You know, Chuck Berry. Here's another one. Hey Jude. I uh, can't remember who that one was by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one I'm surprised at, and I don't think that I agree with this, but um, it's probably a representation of the time, and that smells like Teen Spirit by oh, Nirvana. Come on. Yeah. Uh, that was great revolutionary. Song. Yeah, great song. Yeah. yeah, great song, and this list came out about 10 years ago. So um, here's one that I really, really like. Uh, what Did I Say by Ray Charles. Oh, Interesting. I, I don't, love that I don't song. know that one. Uh, you probably do. Hey, mama, don't you get me wrong. Keep, keep going. Uh, all night long. Hey, yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 I don't Johnny think we good. can sing the song, can we? <laughs> okay. So there you go. Anyway, <laughs> there was my rendition. Now it's like number 473. Right. Uh, yeah, you just it's it just gone all the way uh-huh. down because of this yeah. podcast. Because I'm pretty sure you just sang that to the tune of Johnny Be Good. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> like that. I think it was, yeah, or... Teen Spirit, one or the other. Um, so those are, you know, some of them on there surprise me. And the biggest surprise to me again on that list is is Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. We'll, I, we'll yeah. have to do that and find out why. It's we so really should. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's all I have about the song. Thanks, Tim. Great story about an indisputably great song. Please email us at dudes at rocktailhour.com if you think we got it all wrong. If you have an interesting rock tale of your own, or if you have a recommendation of a song that would be a good subject for the Rock Tale Hour. If you think we're just lame, well, please keep that to yourself. Until the next Rock Tale Hour, rock on. Rock on.